Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 134 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot for Liberation. And my special guest is Erin Aquarian. Welcome, Erin. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here today. Um, you know, I was, I'm very interested in your work. I was reading on your website that um, tarot has helped you to work through your own traumas, which is, of course, very liberating. So before we even get started talking about tarot for liberation, can you just tell me about your journey with tarot and how it's helped you? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so tarot came into my life in 2008. Uh, shortly after I was spending some time in Portland and the, one of the main people that I was hanging out with just gave me a casual reading and I was 26 at the time and really just going through a difficult period of being in my twenties and kind of trying to make a life for myself, uh, having grown up with a lot of family trauma and dysfunction and, and just, a lot of estrangement from family members. Um, I was attempting to create a life without having, you know, the, the necessary um, support to kind of guide me in being a person. And so it left me stuck in a lot of really dysfunctional um, self destructive patterns. Um, And by the time I was 26, I was starting to think about that stuff, but also just in a weird time where, you know, like I didn't have any access to any guidance or advice around how to make my life better. And so I just kind of took things as it, as they came and pretty much just worked a dead end job and didn't have a lot of hope for things improving. So moving to Portland was a big change because I moved away from my hometown and that kind of created a portal for, lots of changes, like moving away from the place that I had grown up and lived my whole life that had, uh, you know, like all of my trauma history in that place. And so moving to Portland, getting the reading just kind of activated and served as a catalyst for me changing and, and starting to realize that another reality was possible and that you know, I was going to need to make changes in order for things to get better. Um, I had a lot of revelations happening here and tarot was a big part of that. Um, And one of the most powerful, profound experiences that I've ever had where the cards just reflected back what I was going through in my life. A, A lot of my first readings were really heavy in the painful cards of the swords and cups. And it was just like being seen in this way that I'd never had before. Um, And people who grew up with a lot of trauma, I feel like often have that experience of not, not ever being seen and validated for their, the pain that they're in. And so, you know, I think that my personality is one that's oriented towards working hard to move forward and improve the Capricorn rising in me. And so tarot kind of just gave me a tool to begin to do that and inspired me to pursue everything that I could um, 
accessibly in terms of healing arts. And, you know, that's how it all began for me with tarot is just having my own transformative experience that inspired me, you know, other, another experience of reality is possible. It, um, learning about the major arcana archetypes of the tarot really, they served as like role models for what life is supposed to be and, and how we can develop these different parts of ourselves to be more powerful in our lives and in the world. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. How does tarot's archetypes connect the patterns to both the familial and cultural conditioning and how can we use them to help us to break it if it's negative? Well, um, I think that that's a really good question and different for each person. But um, what I found from my long-term relationship with the tarot from kind of evolving from how other people interpret the archetypes to how I interpret them and how I see those archetypes being acted out in the world, like in humans and behavior in our cultural patterns. Um, I think the major arcana tells a, a developmental story that's really easy for us to identify with. And that's kind of what I focus on with my work as a reader is just using the archetypes to help us affirm all of the experiences that we've probably had, the, the patterns that we've gone through in terms of conditioning, in terms of living in a society that um, enforces a culture of hierarchy and oppression um, and separates people on the basis of race and class and all of these social identity constructs. So uh, for me, the major arcana became this sort of map to navigate all of the complex issues of being a human in these times um, the major arcana served as teachers to make up for the fact that I hadn't grown up with teachers or parents or elders or mentors to kind of help me become a whole person, if that makes sense. And so um, I don't know if I went a little off topic there, but uh, I think that the concepts presented by the tarot, you know, in their most fullest potential can really offer us this opportunity to think about who am I as a liberated being versus who have I been told to be by society, by the identity constructs presented to me at home um, or, you know, in my education or in my experience being a person in the world who watches TV and absorbs the kind of norms by the culture um, that we are a part of. So I think that tarot archetypes encourage us to be critical thinkers about who we are, how we came to be who we are. And, you know, when, when bringing the minor arcana into it, exploring how those conditioning experiences have shaped how we think and how our thoughts impact our emotional experience and how the emotional state influences our behavior and how our behavior creates in the physical reality. And um, so that's my goal as a reader is to sort of get people thinking about the bigger picture, uh, the goals of empowerment and liberation and really being who you are and who you came here to be and doing something meaningful rather than just staying stuck in 
going from one thing to the next um, and not getting to the deeper uh, like purpose of, of who we are and why we're here. You know, it's so interesting because I grew up with a family and, you know, my parents have been long gone now and God rest their souls. But I always said that I've been on a quest to figure out how to be a good person because some of their lessons were not very good lessons. And, uh, you know, I'm at peace with that now. But I just remember so much of my younger years trying to figure out what does it mean to be a good human? How can I be a better human? And I found through my work with Tarot also, it really served as a guide. I was served just like you, searching for guidance when I was a lot younger. And I also found my yoga practice helped a lot as well. You know, in yoga, one of the goals is to become a Jiva Mukti, which is a liberated living being. And so I love this whole idea about using the archetypes and the stories and things like yoga and other healing modalities as a way to really liberate yourself from the shackles of that old conditioning. Because so many times, this is my theory, I always say people sleepwalk through life. They don't stop to think, how did I get here? Why am I holding on to this old garbage? Um, you know, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And I think tarot really serves as a tool so that we can reflect on how we got here and where we might be going. And, and when you have that level of awareness, that really is liberation. So that's what liberation is for me. What is liberation for you? I think liberation for me is, you know, the ultimate goal is my dog is taking a drink of water so he's jangling his I can hear your dog my cats are locked out right now because they have a way of coming in and crying as soon as I start doing any yeah. where I'm recording so he's a needy dog um so okay so tarot for liberation to me means well the ultimate goal is you know we completely change the world so that everybody is free to exist and have their basic needs met and be safe to express themselves and be um, valued as an important part of the web of life. Uh, my worldview is, uh, has, has always been that I have, have always seen injustice, oppression, and these kind of issues that our society is plagued with as like, why? Why is this the way it is? Who set this up? So I've always kind of been a critical thinker and sought to um, kind of implement uh, this mindset of liberation, you know, and staying in alignment with with my values. Um, such a big topic. But, uh, you know, as I've been working with the tarot for quite some time, it took work for me to kind of integrate that mindset into how I read and teach the the cards. And it just kind of started out with the first workshops that I did where I felt like it was important to name that we're living in a society that normalizes uh, systemic oppression and violence and how how I see that corresponding to the archetype of the emperor and what what things could be if we explored the highest potential of these archetypes, uh, exploring the emperor for um, a protector and provider for all rather than a self-serving ruling elite person. Um, And so, yeah, I guess like liberation mentality is just something that 
I've had my whole life and um, considering how to work with individual people to spark that catalyst uh, that, you know, supports people waking up in this world and really being here with what's happening and trying to be better. Like what you said about tarot helping you be a better person. Um, also thinking about a podcast where you interviewed uh, the, the folks on the inclusive inclusivity panel and just the importance of needing to be in conversation with people of all different ages um, and how like we live in the society that has done a really excellent job at keeping us separate so that we can connect and learn from each other um, and our society, you know, creates a, a culture of perpetual trauma that keeps us afraid of each other. And, um, and so the goal of, you know, individual liberation, I think can lead to a larger, more collective liberation, especially if the individual is thinking about, you know, not only their own freedom, but like, how can they support others getting to be free also? like that saying no one is free until we're all free or no one is free when others are oppressed I think that those are really important things for us to be thinking about right now especially given the state of you know the political uh sphere in in the United States and and globally you know it's it's interesting too um you mentioned about the emperor so, you know, if we think about the emperor, again, as a protector instead of, like, a dictator, mm-hmm. that is, of course, a much better way of looking at it in a way that is very soulful, and uh, it's an evolved way of viewing the emperor. Let's use another card, too. What would be, let's, let's use a difficult card, like the tower. Now, you know, a lot of times, that I just talked about Joanna, uh, I just talked with Joanna DeVoe a while back about the devil in the tower. And a lot of times when people see the tower in tarot, they see it as so fearful. But what would be a liberated way of looking at that? How could the, ta- the tower provide liberation? I think that the tower can be a revolution, you know, and like revolutions are never uh, clean and enjoyable uh, uh, to participate in. It's like tearing down the system is hard work and uh, exhausting and people lose their lives. You know, if we look at um, revolutions throughout history, I'm not a history buff, but um, I've studied resistance and and liberation movements in America um, over different periods of time. And those all feel very tower, you know, like the people taking down the system that oppresses them. And uh, I think that that's uh, an inspiring way to think about the tower. It's a systemic breakdown. Right. So we can look at any one of these archetypes and we can find something in there. I mean, I like to think of the tarot as a manual on how to be a good person, how to live your life. And when we look at it as a manual for liberation, we can look at any of the cards, the cards, I mean, even in the minors, we can see certain things too, that could be helping us to really free ourselves. Uh, Like, let's think about the eight of swords, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of the eight of swords, what is one of the traditional interpretations? It means you got yourself into this position, now you're stuck. But how can we look at that from a liberated point of view? 
I always think about the Eight of Swords and it's one that comes up for me a lot um, as reflecting this deep wound of being isolated and being separate and really believing that you don't belong or having your experiences affirm your aloneness and just needing to connect. So I always think about in, with those difficult cards, like what the remedy is or what um, can support shifting out of the acute pain of being in a card like eight of swords. And I think of community, I think of calling someone or reaching out or texting or picking up your phone and even getting on like an app. So uh, you can realize that there's probably hundreds, thousands, if not more people in the world who are feeling exactly that same sense of isolation and being cut off from uh, the necessary human connections that like are a basic need for our well-being. Uh, and I also just like to reflect back that, you know, we're probably doing our best given what we've experienced and that the tarot offers us a chance to just affirm that we're not rotten to the core and it's not necessarily a problem that stems from our inherent flawed uh, human nature, but rather that we've all been steeping in this really dysfunctional oppressive culture for generations uh, upon generations and that we're just doing our best to survive this. And the tarot offers the opportunity to like reframe some of of our experience to explore what else is possible and how can I, how can I experience uh, more ease and less suffering? Mm, I love that. You know, one of the things that you say on your website too, is that you don't do readings that predict the future. Instead, you dive right into the hard stuff. And just real briefly, can you tell us, tell me why we need to go there? Why do we need to go to that hard stuff? Why can't we just be in la la land and forget this all and wear a gumdrop fairy hat and unicorns and all that? Why do we need to do the hard stuff? Well, we could be in that state of, you know, not want to feel the pain of life and what we're going through. But I mean, as we can see with uh, what's happening in, in the world, the new politically, environmentally. Um, and I'm not even someone who can handle paying attention to the details of each daily tragedy, but look at what's happening, you know, and, and we can put blame on the people who are in positions of power uh, for creating this hell on the planet. Uh, but ultimately like we have a responsibility to be engaged with bringing change forth and if we are privileged enough to exist in like you know candyland um like i if we're privileged enough to have some comfort in our lives uh we have a responsibility to try to do better and and to be with the the injustice that's happening and the suffering and we can actually become stronger and courageous to feel uh, the, that this hurts. It hurts to be here. This is a really hard time. Um, that definitely was not something that I expected to be experiencing as I progressed on this path. I thought that this path was going to make my life easier and make 
me happier all the time. And really, it's just made me more honest, but also strong, stronger enough to be with the pain of knowing that so many people are being harmed and, um, you know, so many creatures are in distress and, you know, nature itself is in great distress. And so if we don't wake up now, you know, like eventually, uh, I think it's like the tower will continue to create more pressure and more kind of explosive energy to force us to wake up, you know, but if we choose to wake up and spend more time being present with the reality of what's actually happening and not bypass in whatever way, spiritually or materially or otherwise, then uh, we can be more engaged with, you know, working with the potential of these times. I love that. And, you know, so many times I think people, when they come for a tarot reading, they want to be entertained. They just want to know they're going to meet a tall, dark, handsome stranger. Life's going to be great. Happy labor after. And that hard stuff, oftentimes the stuff people don't want to um, dig around in. But like you said, it, it's really necessary. We can't turn away from that. And we can't be living in a la-la land, even though it does seem very appealing, because that's not what's really going on. And if we don't face what's going on, and we even don't face our own shadow sides, well, you know, we're, we're kind of sleepwalking through life. And that's no good. So I want to talk about one last thing before we um, finish up. Um, you know, speaking of revolution and evolution, you have an offering called The Cycles of Evolution. It's a lifetime reading. And you did one of these for me. It's phenomenal. It's super deep. Uh, I think that you are bringing some really excellent wisdom out there through this offering. And I'd really like you to talk briefly about what it's all about and how people might be able to get their hands on this grooviness. Um, yeah, I would love to talk about this. I'm really excited about um, this reading that you know has been developing in me for a long time. Um, so it focuses on your life cards that correspond to your birthday. So this is a topic that I'm hearing a lot of readers talk about um, on you know their blogs and podcasts the lifetime symbols. Um, and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know how to figure out your lifetime card, you just add the numbers in your date of birth up and see what uh, major arcana number corresponds to the sum. So if your uh, lifetime number is 21 or under, you get two life cards, unless you're a 19, um, and then you're a sun, wheel of fortune, and magician. If you're, if the sum of your birthday is over 21, you add those two numbers together together to get a single digit, like 34 would be the chariot. So um, this Cycles of Evolution reading focuses on like an in-depth lesson on your life card or cards, and then a analysis of a lifetime of yearly growth cards. So from the year you were born until I couldn't decide how many years to do. So I just did like over a hundred because why not uh, just have this reading be supporting a long, healthy journey of evolution. Um, but what I've discovered coming out of this work is that um, it's totally breaking down my 
understanding of time uh, because our time calendar is, you know, we count centuries and decades. And uh, with numerology, it's a, it's a nine year uh, over instead of a 10 year. So I still don't really know how to talk about numbers, but uh, so I've learned that, you know, this is a more spiral way to look at time. And I think that healing and evolution is a nonlinear process and so much of our conditioning um, that we've internalized and it's not even, we're not even conscious that we still believe that, you know, life is a linear progression where we should always be moving forward and we should always be, um, you know, if you're doing life right, then only good things happen. This is one reason why I had to stop doing readings that um, where, you know, I might have to do a reading for someone that wasn't ready to go into like deep honesty about what life is even Um, that life is not uh, it's not possible to avoid bad things happening air quotes Um, that, you know, we do our best with what happens. So this uh, lifetime sequence reading is really about empowering someone to understand like what archetypes they're moving through from year to year and uh, and how can you kind of create a map, your own map for your life, having this tool. Um, and, you know, I do about two hours of prep for this reading, and then um, it involves a really long, <laughs> lengthy written document that's illustrated, and then a session that goes over the document with the client so that, you know, it's also a teaching on the major arcana as a developmental timeline for our human experience. Um, I also am working to include information about the corresponding minor arcana cards and some descriptions about what to expect from a particular archetype when you're moving through it from one year to the next. And Ultimately, you know, I really believe in this reading because I've done so many life and year card readings. It's always been a part of my readings for about seven years. That's the first thing that I do with people is figure out their life and year cards. And it just helps me get a deeper sense of who they are and where they're at. If I only have 15 minutes of time with them, that I have some kind of bigger picture theme to focus on. So if they pull like the eight of swords, five of cups and, you know, 10 of wands in their three card spread that I can offer some more like depth to that experience, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, So this offering really feels like, you know, a piece of my life's work. Uh, because I've been really inspired about the life and year cards as long as I've known about them. And I haven't seen a ton of great, um, deep interpretations of the life archetypes or how to work with the year cards as an actual map. Um, when I think about, you know, using a modality like astrology, uh, in this way, it just couldn't be done. So the, the singular archetype really, I feel could offer some workable 
um, big picture perspective for someone to focus on. Well, it is excellent. It is very comprehensive. So for people who are listening, you definitely need to check this out. And Erin, um, before we sign off, where can people find you if they want to purchase a reading or connect with your world? Yeah, um, well, I have a website that's www.erinaquarian.com. And I'm on Instagram at Fulltime Witch. And I also have a YouTube channel where um, I have some videos called Tarot TV. And I'm working on making a new season of Tarot TV that is a little upgraded than the DIY videos I made last year. Um, and I have a podcast on SoundCloud called Waking the Witch that is sort of, you know, an audio diary about my own healing process as of late. And um, it's kind of for people that are in the hard, dark night of the soul aspects of healing. Um, because I feel like it can be really helpful for people to hear that healing isn't always fun and easy and um, it really can be like the eight of swords <laughs> sometimes. Um, so that's the main way for people to get in touch with me and find out how to get one of these readings um, or just see like what I have in terms of free content that's available for folks to, to take. Well, you are serving up some really amazing tools for liberation. So I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing, Erin. And I also want to thank you for making time to talk with me today about this topic. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks for being a trailblazer in this uh, getting tarot out into the world, getting tarot to the people, and also giving, uh, you know, different kinds of tarot readers opportunities to share what they're doing with tarot. So that's really cool. Oh, thank you. And uh, you're welcome. And I just love sharing all these new perspectives on tarot. You know, the one thing I'll say, uh, the World Wide Web is really amazing because there are so many tarot readers from so many different backgrounds doing amazing, amazing things like yourself. And I just feel very lucky that we're living in the age where we can discover this stuff because it was very different back in the day when I first started almost 40 years ago. So I really appreciate this World Wide web and being able to connect to people like you. Yeah. I think the lineage of uh, people working with tarot and thinking about how it's evolving is really inspiring to think about how, you know, 40 years ago you could get arrested for giving a tarot reading. So. People thought you were really weird, and I have plenty of stories about that. Now it's people are, I think, opening up to Tarot's wisdom and seeing how it really can be a tool for good. So yeah. it's great. All right, people. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other goodies for you to scope out and enjoy. Thanks again for listening. Have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging Tarot Bites podcast, do me a favor. Head over to iTunes and take a moment to leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to this little podcast. And as always, I love to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take, you're the boss. 
And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.